0: everybody to random encounter the rpg fan podcast i'm your host robert steinman pale robbie on the boards with so, dead emotions oh God, <laughs> he already cut me off all right you know we're still going we're still going yes i have no soul i have no emotion uh, so we got some people back on the show joining us to uh, take part in a little conversation about soundtracks in the middle segment so why don't i introduce everybody first we have uh, our regular contributor that's you. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> That's you,
1: Steven. <laughs> Steven, uh, Talos on the boards, freshly back from Japan. Uh, I was so dazed when he mentioned me as a regular. I was like, oh, yes, that is me.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, you you seem to cry an awful lot. And you were, uh, your little outburst was about the fact that I didn't cry when Eris bit the big one. But uh, we do have somebody, right. on the sh- we have somebody on the show who did cry, apparently. I'm
2: not even going to answer that.
0: <laughs> Introduce yourself, jackass. <laughs>
2: My name is the guy who cried, also known as Derek Embryon on the Boards, and Robert Steinman has no soul.
0: It's, it's true. It is actually true. I have a bunch of ex-girlfriends that will confirm that fact. Uh, and then we have the man who hired me. Hey, everyone. This is Patrick Dan, Ramza on the Boards. Yep, and he's still apologizing for hiring me. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, he is. And then, back by popular demand, the man who loves
3: everything... Yeah, it's Dennis, aka turn-based Dude on the boards. I right. also cry easily.
0: God, why do you guys cry? I mean, have, have you guys ever? Okay, I will admit one game that I got a little emotional at was the ending to Metal Gear Solid Four. That that, that got was pretty awesome. That got me, a, but it was mostly the music. The music is what's got is what. They got. did
1: such a great job with that.
0: Yeah, that was okay. That was all right. I need that, to finish okay. that. Uh eh, no, you really don't, because the game kind of peaks around Act 2. Uh, so, what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about games that we've been playing, we're going to have our soundtrack discussion, and then a brief mention of news. So, who wants to start off with what you've been playing? I can do that. Cool. Oh. Uh, all right, um, right Steven, go for it. Uh, I mentioned last time
1: uh, I was playing the Back to the Future game, uh, I finished it, and it was awesome. Um, the puzzles are not difficult in any way. Um, it's more or less just kind of a guided tour through it. Um, it's still fun, though. Um, and it's the guy who voices Marty, I think I said it last time, is completely awesome. He's dead on. Um, the guy, uh, you know, they got Christopher Lloyd for Doc. Um, the story is pretty fun. I think I can see where they're going with it. And they, they have a lot of fun stuff with it because um, you go to the, in this one, you go to the 20s and you meet uh, Doc Brown as a kid. And the adult doc is telling you how to, how to get the attention of the young doc, and the, they have a lot of fun with that. So uh, do it they came out really well.
0: <clears throat> so, do, do they set it up where you're going to go to another time period in the next episode? I kind of I figured that every episode was going to be its own time period.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think every episode will be its own time period, and then I think maybe one or two of them might have you going to
0: multiple time periods. Oh, cool, cool, cool! Can we maybe go see the uh, T Rex that was in the Universal Studios ride? That would be kind of that would be awesome. I think
1: I'm getting the vibe that they're trying to hit stuff that wasn't hit in the movies, but still sort of keep it in line with them because there's still a scene where Marty wakes up and he's like, "Oh, where am I?" You know, there's there's a lot of the scenes that are that repeat in all the movies that repeat in this that I think they're going to keep going for in the future episodes.
0: I'd like to see Marty go back in time and to like Renaissance Italy and get stabbed by Ezio. I think that would, <laughs> I think that would be kind of cool. Like that would be some nice cross promotion there. Ah man, that would be cool. What else have you been playing, Steven?
1: Um, actually, I picked up this game totally just uh, random on Steam. It popped up. It's called Winter Voices. Um, it's an indie game and it has the coolest graphics. They're like all hand drawn. Um, it's very very wordy. Uh, it's kind of really subdued. And you you play as uh you create a, a female character and it opens up and basically it sets up that you hate your father. Uh, but they don't really say why, and he died. He's on his deathbed, and you wake up, and these, like, shadows appear around him and start, like, accusing you of these terrible things, and uh, it has... It's kind of like, for combat, it's sort of like Fallout, uh, but with more objectives. The original Fallout, not the new one. Um, And it's really cool, and I definitely think people should check it out because, you know, it's an indie game, so help them out. There's a free demo, and... um, it has like a really like it's it, the art is really lavish and lush, but um, everything else is really minimalist. It's just
0: it's really cool. All right, all right, excellent, excellent. Okay, so who wants to
3: take the torch now? Uh, maybe Pat or Dennis want to get in here. Uh, I'll do it. All right, go for it. Uh, I've recently finished the Run Factory 3 for the DS. Best game of the bunch and very lively cast. Yeah, but the uh, girl, the bachelors in this game were weird. For those who didn't know, in each Harvest Moon and Rune Factory game, there are women you can marry. And I decided to go the quirky route and marry the woman who speaks in opposites. Highlighted in red text for your convenience. So, yes, yeah, so she speaks like Yoda? No. no she in, says she hates
4: you and she means she loves you. Yeah, with the smile.
3: Oh, oh, okay. So, oh, so it's like backwards day on a college campus. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. But she does it on, on everything. For example, when she was a... F- she explained her love to me. She said it like this. Again, highlighting red text. I love you so much that I wish you get thrown into the wilderness and the monsters have their way with you. Tee-hee-hee. Uh God, I, I'm very romantic. I, I, you guys have no idea how much I'm struggling to keep this PG
0: dude, right now. I'm, dude, I'm,
1: I, I'm having the slim problem. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I could think of a number of awesome situations, that that could be really funny. Oh, yeah, where the police I think I've get seen called. that
3: anime, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, there are a bunch of other weird girls, including one really lazy one, which I was thinking as the second choice, where one of the quests involve her getting her sick. It's like, I don't want to work. Please help me get sick. Seriously. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Let's, it's
2: a real life simulator, right. is what you're saying?
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, we need to move on. Yeah. yeah is, we move on. on. I'm about ready to pop a blood vessel over here with too many jokes. Okay, moving on. I've been playing some of the Xbox and the arcade games. Both I'm covering, even though I've been very busy lately. One of them is 2, the direct sequel to the to, to Affiliation, the RPG I covered back in August. Standard, you know, sci-fi RPG, you know, turn-based battles, et cetera. Very nice 2D graphics that st- strays away from the retro trend. And it's been solid. I'll get into more details of when the review eventually comes pops up soon. And then there's Cthulhu Saves the World, aka the, with the makers of Breath of Death. You know, still fun game. And been really enjoying myself so far with it, even though I didn't play much of it. Interesting premise where you probably wonder why does Cthulhu want to save the world, right?
1: Isn't it's it been, just yeah. to, so he can destroy it?
3: No, basically, his powers got sealed away, and in order to do, get his powers back, he has to be a true savior of the world. <laughs> Ironic. I, I like this. I like this. I want
1: to give that guy props. That guy rocks.
0: I need to, read some, I need to read some Lovecraft. I know my, my brother-in-law gave me like all the books, and I haven't read any of them, and I really need to.
3: And Cadula gets a group. You write it from the get-go. Yes! Eat.
0: I like this. I like this. This is good. And good. true
3: to his lore, he has the power of insanity and smites it upon his <laughs> enemies where they go crazy in random encounters. <laughs> with sprite changes and all that good stuff. Mm. And last thing to note is the presentation was interesting. It basically rips off the way uh, Fantasy IV does it with, during its cutscenes with all the different panels. Oh, or, man. Uh, Fantasy
4: what? Star IV, you mean? Yeah. Oh,
3: Nice. Yeah, fantasy star war type of presentation is present. Oh, that's just amazing. And last thing is, basically, I picked up 999 a few days ago. Got two endings. It's pretty awesome. Moving and, on. And you're depressed yes
0: <laughs> you got the same endings that i did i got ending uh six and five as well and uh yeah those completely uh ruined my day yeah are those like the easiest
1: ones to get or they're,
0: i think they're the most natural to get like yeah you the decisions that you make the things that you're going to want to do play directly into those endings so
3: i got you
0: yeah it'll
3: see when you get to it
0: eventually yeah 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 so is that it for you dennis all right uh patrick what have you been playing sir i'm I'm gonna try and keep this short but there's a lot i I do want to talk about
4: um i still play final fantasy 11 and the reason i'm still playing it is is primarily because it's it's better than it's ever been the the battle-based abyssia content and i think derek have you been keeping up on this
2: yeah, I kind of, sort of made myself quit again last month, but I, I'm up to cap right now on my Puppet Master. I know LOL pup. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm keeping up
3: on it. I made myself quit. I, I yeah. have LOL drag. Yeah.
4: Um, the yeah, um, the Abyssia content, it's uh, it's finished now. There's there were three parts to it, and then if you complete or or beat some of the major enemies in all nine zones from the three parts. There's a there's a special super end boss against Shinryu, which is um, you know a dragon that's part of the Final Fantasy lore. Um, and I'm after this podcast, I'm going to go fight him for the first time. And uh, the, Stale, what they've I done know. with the what the, what they've done with the game is is really incredible. And really all they did was they dropped their guard. They they've been so conservative and so slow to let people you know upgrade and become more powerful and they sort of just open the floodgates and let people become overpowered
1: um i actually had a question about that i know they raised the level cap and i didn't i always wanted to play it more but i know you get a lot of pretty powerful abilities at i think 40 or 30 and i guess now that they raise the level cap you can get those as your sub job did that like break the balance of the game well
4: not entirely um there are some really obvious advantages you'll remember that like Sub job was, or or, excuse me, the Dark Knight sub job was like a specialty sub job just so you could have access to the spell stun because Dark Knight got it at 37. Mm -hmm. Well, Black Mage gets it at 45. So anyone who's sub Black Mage traditionally now also has access to stun. So there are little things like that. Um, The sub job uh, cap hasn't changed a lot. They've actually... They've made a couple exceptions where they said, if you have this job as a sub-job, you do not have access to the following, even though you ought to because of its level. Um, there was some ninja abilities that they added. It was one of those, um, you put on one or the other ability, and one enhances accuracy, and one enhances evasion or something. And there's a couple of those where they made exceptions and said, if you have this on as a sub-job, you don't have access to it. If, um, if you have
1: read... I'm sorry, if you have red mage as a sub-job, do you get refresh?
4: Yes. Yeah, everyone can, nice. everyone can sub red mage and refresh and convert. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah, red mage has become a, a very popular sub-job for that reason. Um, but no, the the overpowering comes primarily from within Abyssia, not just the uh, the option to spend a little bit of crore and then up all of your seven base stats, which the more Abyssite you collect, eventually that's plus 50 to all seven stats, so every time I go in, I get that. Um, but then there's also the Atma, which is, it's like um, you you turn them on or off, and you can have up to three Atma on at a time after you've uh, done enough stuff in the Abyssia world. And um, Atma gives you all sorts of weird bonuses. Y- you get them by defeating Notorious Monsters and also triggering a special... Uh, effect you get these red exclamation marks to appear on them by using the right weapon skill on them, and th- these atmas have in like really insane effects. Like one single atma gives you like dexterity plus fifty, uh, critical <laughs> hit rate up. 30%, and critical hit damage up 30%. That's one Atma. And you can have three Atma on. I have one Atma that gives me Intelligence plus 50 and Refresh 10 MP per tech. That's one Atma. And you can have three on, and the, the combinations are, are almost endless. So, they're only applicable within Abyssia, but because you get so overpowered, in turn, they've made very overpowered enemies. And um, what it's led to is, is more interesting strategies, and really strategies that have allowed for a, a more diverse grouping of jobs you can you can spam it with pets you can do like a beastmaster and summoner run or you can go all melee or you can have a combo you can do big alliance level mage burns um and again I'm just talking about notorious monsters but you can also grind out experience points and then there's the whole um the third artifact armor line there there's just so much good stuff going on in the game and it's so much more fun than it's ever been Anyone who used to play, I'd recommend reactivating your account. That's how I feel I, about it. I need to get into that. I'm level 18.
3: Yeah, oh, I, I just retired man. currently. Oh, wait, wait. Meanwhile, at FF14... E. Yeah. I yeah. just I just remember Final Fantasy eleven because
0: that I, I thought about getting, you know, the hard drive for the PlayStation two and going through all the rigmarole to play that game and that was way back when I was in high school. Like it's yeah. amazing that it made it that long. I I don't think anybody was expecting that. That's very well done on Squares part.
4: Even three yeah. years ago, you know, three years ago I expected it to be dead by now. And and certainly yeah. the player base is lower, but it is so much more fun than it's ever been. And I just I just hope they can keep up that level of quality. Um, yeah, know. So that, yeah, that was that was way too abortion. long. So let me let me very okay. shortly go through some of the other stuff I've been playing. Um, I got an advanced copy of uh, Prinny Two Dawn of Operation
2: Panties, dude. Um, that's <laughs> what. <laughs> the title says it all. Yeah, it's that's, keep up. Yeah,
4: that's a. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a 2D action platformer for PSP. It's the sequel to the first Prinny game, and obviously Prinny is that uh, demon penguin creature that explodes whenever it's thrown and uh, has all sorts of weird problems. Dude! Dude! dude <laughs> and, dude. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have suffered from... You know, if you really got into the Disgaea series and played all of those strategy RPGs and all the other netherworld related ones like Makai kingdom or, uh, La Pucelle or phantom brave. Um, it becomes a little, um, a little too much. I think like when I finished Disgaea three, I was like, yes, this was a good game, but I, I can't play any more Disgaea for another few years. Um, so yeah. for them to, to yeah. jump from strategy RPG to action platformer was a really unconventional move and it's a really good one. The first game was great. It was just a little too hard. And I like platformers that are hard. I like the old treasure games, um, which you know I look to as the pinnacle of really good like beat 'em up platformers 2D. And um, Prinny gets close to that level. There's a lot of really interesting concepts going on. And it, it'll be out by the time this podcast is up in America, and it's already out in Europe. So uh, that's cool. Um, RPG wise, uh, I, I put 110 hours into persona three portable beat the game on the male and female scenarios. And the only thing I'm going to say about it is a quick note about crying. We talked about, uh, crying for Eris's death and and how crying (sighs) makes you a wuss. Uh,
0: Yep. You're all, you're all wussies. You're all wussies. You need to get rid of your souls. Trust me. You'll be better off for it. If you, if you
4: finish the epilogue, uh, or if you finish maxing out the social link for the son scenario, which is the, the <clears throat> dying young man Ak- Akinari, um, the epilogue scene for that, where you meet his mom and she talks to you about him dying and, and, and uh, the preciousness of life and holding on to him. I cried when I first saw that. And then when I beat the game the second time with the other gendered character, it was the same social link there. So when I got to it again, I actually stopped at that point, And then when my wife had a moment, I read that, that bit of dialogue to her and then she started crying. So, um, it's, it, for all the silliness, what (laughs) (laughs) that that goes on in in the Shin Megami Tensei series, you know, there's a lot of, uh, weird, dark humor and, and demonic stuff. And, um, you know, trippy stuff like, uh, fake shooting yourself with a gun that's yep. actually an evoker to summon things. Breasts for, with uh, mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Breasts with mouths and penis demons.
1: Fucking yeah. out with mouths.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For all of those things, it's amazing to see something uh, really uh, true and 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 heartfelt and something that people, regardless of cultural or religious um, persuasions. Uh, can all look at it and say, "Yeah, that that's true. That's good. Um, it's great to see that in an RPG, and that made me really happy." Um, another game that <laughs> I've been playing, the excuse me, is Dissidia Final Fantasy, which I know is old. Uh, one reason I wanted to play it is because uh, the sequel is coming out soon, and I know we have people here on the podcast who are very upset about some of the recent things that have been revealed about <laughs> that game because the developers seem to think that we're all um, uh, really dogs. really stupid thirteen year old horn dogs which, and certainly there are plenty of those that will buy this game um but anyway, I'm still playing the first game, and I'd like to thank Dennis, who's on here for the gift he sent it to me as You're a welcome. gift. welcome so thank you den um it's you owe me something kidding awkward that is awkward <laughs> um, I'll try and get you something then den den oh God at um, least
3: coming up wink
4: wink hey. good to know um I Have finished. There, you get to do each of the ten characters, and I think I've finished six of the ten. I'm going in order of difficulty, so um, that means I haven't done uh, Terra or the the Warrior of Light from the first game, or Bart's or the Onion Knight from the third game.
0: Onion, hate the Warrior of Light. Yeah, Word of Light... Um, He's such a boring seem- character. Can't I know, you, right? Can't you play as Jekt? Because I, I, I find myself associating more and more with Jekt as I get older, because he makes fun of Titus crying all the time. You yeah, um, that's it. surprising. Did, d- do they have story modes for the ten villains? They do
1: not. Right? Um, you could just mm-hmm. play as them in arcade mode. And right, yeah. I saw you could unlock them
4: in arcade mode. I really hope the sequel has story paths for the villains, too. It seems like an appropriate thing to do. Especially for for villains who are are not clearly on board with the villainous thing, like Golbez for FF4 or Jack for FF10. Yeah,
0: Jack's not evil. He was turned evil, for God's sake. And he really
1: yeah. did. And he really did it for a pretty good reason. Like he didn't do it because he's a you know jerk or anything. He did it because he's trying to you know support his buddy.
3: Right. Uh, speaking of 10, sorry, just to say quickly, like I've been got in the mood to play that recently. Unfortunately, my disc got scratched.
0: Oh, uh, I was actually watching uh, – does anybody here uh, – this is kind of a plug for another website. I don't know if the we spoony should do The Spoonie Experiment. Yeah, oh my god. I love that, man. They've done, they've done a they great job covering that game. It. They've done a great
4: that, job covering that
0: game. that it, The, spo- the Spoony Experiment. Type in Spoony Experiment online. It's a great uh, – what's the guy's name? Noah Antweiler? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. He makes
4: – he just does, like, game reviews. I mean, similar concept to things like Angry Video Game Nerd, but he clearly has his own style. Yeah, and um, he's way funnier than no AVGN. one doesn't AV- like him. He's yeah. really
0: funny. I-, I find him way funnier than AVGN, and you get more of a an actual review than you get out of Yahtzee. I mean, Yahtzee's doing it for funny on Zero Punk, but we should try to get Noah on the show. That would actually be really cool.
1: I think it's a good idea, and yeah. I bet he it invite pretty... me.
0: We we will make that so. We we we'll will make get, it.
1: I'll have to get familiar with that because it sounds pretty good. Oh, is it's it? great! His
0: uh, the I've seen this stuff. just spoony experiment, uh, and his Final Fantasy VIII review is something like all the parts added together. It's like two and a half hours, and it is fantastic. It is. Yeah, just he does mind. these, I these mega reviews. One, yeah,
4: I, I should also plug. Do you guys know? Um, uh, what is it? Red Red Letter Media.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys,
4: Plinket the, reviews. Plink. Yeah. Plinket does the, <laughs> the old Star Trek and Star Wars. Tril- the original Star Wars trilogy that
0: made my Christmas morning. Went-
4: that dude, that dude is is just bonkers funny.
1: I, I was so excited to find the end of the saga of the woman in his basement. That was that was <laughs> delightful.
4: Yeah. And it's funny because his reviews are actually as long as the movies themselves. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. We, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us off track. Yeah.
4: And and that's all I've been playing. So moving
0: moving forward. All right. All right. So Derek, what do you got for us? All
2: right. I'll start out by saying uh, I defend myself for crying when Eris died because Ao was ten. And real men cry when fictional characters they care about die. Damn straight. How did
0: you care about her? She was, okay, she was a manipulative, uh, frickin', uh... No, she wasn't. She how? was very sweet. Dude, no, she was no, 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 no. She was pure wait, wait, wait. and Dude, sweet. Dude, she, no, no, She no, was passive passive-aggressive, moody, and obnoxious.
3: Wait, Rob, Rob. That sounds like you Tifa. Don't, you do what I was about to say. That you don't sounds like Tifa. Zoom the camera
1: into her breasts.
3: Wait wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, just a sec. You don't understand how we feel, Rob. We have souls, unlike a certain someone. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Tell him, Dennis. I'm this glad I don't.
0: experiment a... reviewed Sewer Shark. Yes, he did. Sorry, oh. continue. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyhow, I'm sorry. anyhow. Go ahead,
2: so, go ahead, Derek. What I've mostly been playing is 999, nine, nine, 9 kittens, 9 cans of Pringles, 9 doors, 9 hours, 9 <laughs> gas changes, 9 oil filters, whatever.
0: I, I still uh, can't get the name right, like and I was also, yeah. I dude, the damn game, and I still can't get, get the name right. So what I do don't you know think? what a gas change is. So what do you think? Are you liking it? I th- oh, I beat the hell out of it.
2: I, uh, I played it <laughs> I beat it like a redheaded
0: stepchild. That's what Heck, I did. Yeah, I
2: did. I played it for like two days, almost nonstop. Um I got the first, I think I got two endings in one night, and then the other, I got the other three or four uh, in the same day. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've barely played any of Ever 17, which I know Dennis, is it Dennis? Or no, it's yeah. Andrew and somebody uh, else.
3: Well, I've played a bit else. of it, but not much. It's Andrew and Neil who beat it. Andrew and Neil, yeah. They love that game. And I've only played
2: a bit of it. I got one bad ending of that game, but um, 999 reminded me of that a lot. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of like the whole aquatic mystery weirdness freaky I have,
3: supernatural stuff somewhere. Right? I
1: have, I think I said this last time, but I have had Ever Seventeen installed for like a year, and every time I try to play it, I think I play it for like fifteen minutes, and I get so unbelievably bored that I'm like, ugh! because I feel like I'm really missing like the awesome part of it. It's like playing Xenogears for something other than the story.
2: Yeah, with that game I think I had to make myself play it for a while, but I got really into it after a while. And then I I got a new computer and lost all my data. But anyway. I just I I have such a hard time
1: playing something and they say, Okay, you have to beat this fifty times before you get to see the awesome part. And I'm like, why do I have to do that? Why
0: can't I see the awesome part after I finish it once? Yeah, yeah. How come I have to play a game for twenty hours before it gets good? God. That's that's just that's just horrible. That's what does that remind us of?
3: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. Mm, I talk it. about it. Mm. Must be Uncharted. Uh, Surely.
2: No. Anyway, so after uh, beating 999's ass, which I really enjoyed, um, I also I finally got around to actually buying Reciteer, Um
0: Played the demo. Capitalism, the ho! Capitalism, Capitalism ho. ho! I need to play that. I should have picked it Capitalism, up when it was on ho. Steam. Ho. It was it on Steam for like two bucks, and I didn't pick it up.
1: I blinked it. Yeah. What are we talking about again?
0: Reseteer.
2: Press tier. Okay, yeah, I bought that too. Yeah, I I got it on sale, which I feel kind of bad for because that developer is awesome and I want to support them more. But I was like, $5. Hook it up. Sweet. But anyway, so I've been playing that and it gives me sort of a um, maybe it's just me, but it gives me like a monster rancher esque sense of accomplishment or maybe a harvest moon um, every time you can improve something with your shop. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, good call. Even if you screw up and you can't make a payment, you can restart with your merchant level, I believe. So yeah. it's like and you're always gaining something and it's not like you're horribly set back to nothing. I mean, and they also right, it isn't Demon Souls items. punishment.
0: Oh yeah. Demon Souls punishment is great. It makes it so you have no soul, you don't cry at anything anymore.
4: Actually, it makes you it like just you just have a Demon's soul.
0: Yeah, so
2: I've been enjoying that and um even though I can't make myself use any characters but the starting one because I'm too afraid to spend time leveling them up. Yeah. But it's really fun and I I like the aesthetic. I like the art—it's a little, a little cliche anime, but I can't fault the translators. That's goo goo. the developer's choice. I got to uh, give those translators credit too. They did an awesome job. Yeah, they're fantastic.
1: The like, a, they're localizing stuff that nobody would ever get to play, and b, they did an awesome job. And it's such so difficult to do that, and I think it really shows that they, you know, totally give a crap about what they're doing.
4: They didn't half-ass it. Let's get Andrew Dice on the podcast
0: too. Is that May? <laughs> Is that is that me? I, I don't I don't consider myself to be Andrew Dice. That's a little harsh. No, get him on the no, not
4: Andrew Clay Dice. Like Andrew, you Dice. mean
0: Andrew Dice Clay? <laughs> He's the head yeah. of the company.
2: Of uh, yeah, Boulder. Andrew Dice is the head. Oh,
0: of- oh, I thought I, I honestly thought you were Reciteer. making. Fun. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, all right, so Derek, do you have anything else to tell us, or yeah?
2: And besides here, I've been playing a little bit of Fantasy Star Portable too. I didn't oh. bother playing the first one, but. Um, I got, got it for them. Dennis for uh, Christmas, and then I got it for myself so I could play with him.
3: <sighs> yeah, and you a uh, monster. I got <laughs> to level sixty four in like five days. What? Yep. Yeah, he's a beast. I don't know what to say wow. about that.
2: I'm like level ten. Chill out. I care business. But uh, I, need to play I played a little guys. bit of that. Yeah, and, you guys uh, get the the Colonel KFC Colonel.
3: No, nah, that's okay. the
2: Infinity version. <laughs> oh. We are not blessed with Colonel Sanders in our version.
3: Yet, hopefully.
2: Yeah, so just been playing that a little bit. The story mode is a little, you know, cliche, but I can't expect too much from that.
3: I um played with Dennis with once PSP. online,
2: and Dennis was like, get out of your scrub. So I haven't played with him since then. <laughs> no, and besides that, perfect. that's all I've been playing. Mostly 999. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, oh, good. Good, good, good. All right, so I guess I'll... Uh, I think the only thing I've been playing is The Witcher. Uh, I played a little bit more Miles Edgeworth. I'm on The Last Case, and I'm trying cool. to, I'm trying to finish that up uh, before Ghost Trick comes out uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, and I know The Last Case is really, really long, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting back into it. Um, but I, I'll finish it probably either uh, tonight or tomorrow. I'll just go on like a big spree. Uh, as for The Witcher, I'm on Chapter 3, so I'm a little bit over the halfway mark. And I really, really like The Witcher, but... We talked about it in the pre-show warm-up. I cannot stand the combat. Like, I find the combat to be so boring and numb and just stupid i 'm doing the same thing over and over again that it just it's kind of it 's getting to me you know I think the best part of the witcher is when i 'm doing the actual role playing when i 'm walking around when i 'm interacting with quests when i 'm uh, when i 'm solving things when i 'm making decisions that impact the world that 's the sort of stuff that I really really enjoy but when i 'm you know in these combat scenarios and I can definitely hear whoever 's typing right now, so make sure you mute your mic. And on a side, and, a, on, a, and on a side note, I the Jets. The on a side note, the Jets just won, and I hate my life. So, uh, girl, ah, you
1: gonna cry? You gonna cry? Yeah, why don't you, why don't you cry, cry about, it? No, you cry about fr- it? no, I'm not gonna.
0: No, I'm not gonna cry. about it? I'm a Steelers fan. There's no reason to cry.
1: <laughs> oh, there's definitely a reason to cry if you're a Steelers fan. Well, sports. How
0: is there a way to cry as a Steelers fan? We have the most Super Bowls out of any other team in the NFL. And you
1: have the most insane fi- – all right, you know, we're getting way off topic.
0: That's, that's Stop, a, it. That's the Eagle Stop it. Stop it. Stop uh, it. But the, the combat is just really, really boring, and I, I knew that it was kind of a low point for the game going in, but I, I didn't realize how boring it was going to get. And it's just – it's one of those things where I'm, I'm hoping for the sequel they really – it seems like at least in the, the gameplay trailers and everything that they've really focused on it, and I think that will be good. I, I would almost just love it if the combat was just Demon Souls. You know, just that that Demon Souls level of interactivity between the environment and the characters and whatnot, because this this combat in The Witcher is really really dull, and I'm having a hard time fighting through it. So, who else here has played The Witcher? Does anybody disagree with I me? Do. I I, I, I played The Witcher way back in the
1: day, um, before the director's cut even came out, and or the enhanced edition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had a blast with it, but yeah, I like the combat at first, but. <laughs> It kind of runs like crap. I think we talked about that last time. No matter what kind of computer you have,
0: yeah, I, I put it. Uh, John said to put it in Vista uh, into XP mode, XP compatibility mode, and it runs better with that. But it's still like, it still kind of runs like crap. There's certain areas that the frame rate literally just goes to absolute hell. And it doesn't – and then other areas like the cemetery in uh, Vizima, the actual city, the cemetery runs at like 60 frames per second, no problem. But then, you know, like any town area, it must have – Anywhere different- where you
1: engage in combat, which is timing-based.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a little
1: harsh, but – that's That was what got on my nerves was that like, it sort of devolves into a click – Click, click, potion, click, click, click. Oh, I used the wrong potion. Click,
0: click, Well, click. that's the other thing. There's no potion, at least at this stage in the game, that gives you back life. So you have to take a potion that makes it so that you restore Slowly life Slowly regain
1: life, yeah. Right, and
0: that is so obnoxious to be walking around. Like the, There's a couple environments that are absolutely huge. Like, the swamp area is absolutely huge, and you're just yeah. huffing it all over the place, getting quests done, and... You know, you, you're either just going to stand, stand there and let your vitality regain, or go and find a fireplace and meditate for an hour or two just to regain your health. And it's just, it's tedious. And I, I think the the thing to take away from The Witcher is that it it, it was released in what 2007, so we have to give it a little bit of a wide berth. I mean, it was doing things that now if we you kind think of about the.
1: And the engine it built it off of was not meant for that kind of game. It built it off the uh, the Aurora engine, the engine from Neverwinter Nights, and that was not meant for that kind of game.
0: Right, right. And I mean, they they did so much with it. I think that I see so much of the Witcher's influence into a game like Dragon Age in terms of going around and interacting with the story, the way that the way that multiple characters interact uh, with. Quests. It's not just you meet one quest giver and then you never talk to him ever again. That quest giver can interact with other events that are going on in the world. I really, really like that. I just think that Dragon Age is a much tighter meaner game than the witcher and the combat is infinitely better in in uh dragon age but but the witcher does so many nice things that i think it's definitely worth picking up if you like a western style rpg just understand that this is not a game where the combat is the strong point the combat is really just it's not that great it's it's a little boring so i think
1: the fact that it came from the polish developer um was a lot, has a lot to do with why it does some things different that a lot of other th- games don't. Yeah, I forgot I don't about think. Poland.
3: <laughs>
1: There's some things that it does that are so
0: bizarre, like having, yeah, like they, yeah, you would never expect. Yeah, like having to go and get a manual on like a certain monster's anatomy so that I can take off his skull or like cut <laughs> out his tongue and whatnot. Like it really, like it's so tedious. Like, there's just... At the very the very beginning of the game, like, every quest revolves around, like, knowing a certain aspect of a monster in order to skin it properly, and it's just... Oh, my God. it It was driving me nuts. Like, I'm looking at every FAQ online. Where do I find this book so that I know how to skin this monster? Oh, God, I don't have any healing potions. All right, so what exactly... What fruits and berries do I have to pick in order to do this? Like, that was... That's what I mean by this is not a tight game. This is a game very much based around immersion, which is great, but at certain times it kind of becomes a little mundane and a little irritating. I agree. So, but
1: I, I think overall it's it's very good, and yes. I think this will, they'll definitely improve on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the story is very interesting. I will say, though, that the uh, the scripting – it sounds like I'm really being negative on this game, so I just want to preface again. I really, really like The Witcher. I think it's a good game. but it, I think because aspects of it are so good, the stuff that isn't good sticks out worse. Right, right. One of the worst things is that the uh, in the second chapter – the quest design really opens up, and you can kind of follow down two different branches of the same story, and you'll reach – you have to complete both branches, and they both meet up again. But the, the second branch that I took – or it, it's probably the second branch that you should take – it doesn't really give you any of the story background. You're just doing things, and it seems like you really don't know why you're doing them. You don't know why certain characters are suspicious. You're trying to figure out this like grand conspiracy going around, and you don't understand why everybody's suspicious. And then you go down the other branching storyline. It's like, oh, oh, that's why that person was suspicious, or oh, that's why we think that person's evil. And those kind of things. It made the story very confusing, not only that, also the fact that they reuse so many character models so I'm like, wait, is this guy supposed to be the village guard now? Or is this guy supposed to be Gramps, the cannibal that lives in the swamp? Like, who, who, who what am I dealing with here? Like, it it just, things like that make it really hard to keep the, the Witcher under control. But o- overall, it is a great game. I love the decisions. Uh, Steven, who did you side with on the issue of the uh, small boy in Chapter 3? Did you side with uh, Triss or with Shani? With Triss. I totally sided with Shawnee. I I totally sided with Shawnee. I I don't know. I got a thing for short redheads. I I don't know, apparently. I felt like Trish was the one
1: they were kind of encouraging you to go with. Yeah, I
0: I think I made a really bad choice there, but you know what? I'm going to stick with it. You know, I chose fruit. I'm going to live with fruit. I think that's good, though. Like,
1: that's kind of the thing they encourage in that game, too, is like, you know, that whole there is no one right answer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game did take a long time to get to those... uh, like decisions, though, you really don't make your first real decision in the game until the end of chapter one, and I think Dragon Age does a better job of throwing those decisions at you fairly quickly, even just in the origin story. So you, even when you fire you fire up a new game of Dragon Age, you're going to play it a completely different way, most likely because you're going to try a different origin story. It's going to be so great when that's in Dragon Age Two, right, guys? Oh.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. And the. Oh. Uh, hey, the, at least it looks like the combat isn't going to be like you know. That's true. Left. That's true. It and looks the, like they're actually keeping it, you know. Yeah, and like the other one.
0: And the system specs for uh, Dragon Age 2 came out. I think that's the first game that I've seen that requires like four gigs of RAM. That isn't like Crisis or Metro 2033. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. Like, like the video requirements aren't that high. It's like five twelve megabytes. But then I'm like, four gigs of RAM, really?
1: Huh. All right.
3: Word. Word.
0: I think that's it for me, gentlemen. So uh, how do we want to do this whole soundtrack uh, discussion? Who wants to begin?
3: Matt? I'll lead. That's Please lead. I'll All right, follow. Pat.
0: Go for it.
4: So I've been the head of the RPG Fan Soundtracks review section for the better part of a decade, and... I have written reviews for nearly a thousand soundtracks now for all the time that I've spent doing it. I think one of the most important things to remember is, um, the, the short sightedness or, or the, uh, the short memories that we tend to have. Um, there's a ton of great music written for video games, but it's, it's hard to remember if you haven't listened to it in a while. So I think it would be best to talk about some really good game music that we've heard recently, either in the context of I've been playing the game or in the context of I've been listening to the soundtrack because the game's not out yet or I have no interest in the game but I like the composer, et cetera. I know some people don't give a lick about... Um, game music, but there are others who uh, get really into it for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm one of them.
1: I am as well.
0: Hmm. well I, th- <laughs> yes. I, th- I think it's interesting for you to bring up uh, the current music aspect, because I've noticed that as game music has become more and more orchestral, as it's become more and more like the movies, I don't find myself listening to it as much as I used to. Like, uh, Take, for example, I'm going to use a movie argument. Like, we all know the main theme to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean because like, that main theme is freaking awesome. Like my alma mater, South Carolina, uses that during football games. And it's it,
4: freaking awesome, and it, you hear it, like, yeah, it six times
0: per 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, but it, it's just this awesome – like it's got this you know, Indiana Jones-style quality it gets you to going. it. Yeah, it gets you going. But I've noticed that game music – and game music kind of did that to an extent too, like you know the Mega Man 2 soundtrack or uh, you know just about anything from Castlevania. But today's game music is getting more and more elaborate, so that it's hard to pick up on an actual melody. It's more fitting in with the uh, action that's taking place on screen. And Final Fantasy 13 is a perfect example. But the there's no melody that you can remember. You know, I have the, to, may, I maybe that's have just to... me. That's just me.
1: I, I agree to an extent. I was actually going to say, I think that there are kind of two ways of going about it. A lot of Western games and some Japanese games now, um, they kind of either go with the ambiance route where it, it, it is like you said, you know, where there's no melody. It's just sort of it goes along with the action. Um, right.
4: The, the music is designed for the cues and the scenes of the game and is is not designed to be an outside listening experience. And it's very right. hard for it to be that. Right.
1: Whereas right. on the other hand you have a game like, you know, we'll go with a soundtrack I really like, Birth by Sleep. That game has music that I think is great even outside of the context of the game, and it's very melody driven and I mean
4: Kingdom Hearts Joker. Birth
1: by Sleep? King, yes, Kingdom yeah. Hearts Birth by
0: Sleep. Oh,
1: I um, haven't heard it yet.
0: He just, like, just, yet. he just like he just likes simple Dude. and clean. That's all he likes.
1: No, I actually I don't care for those theme songs at all actually to be completely honest. I, I like, like Passion. Music. I think Passion's good. Oh, yeah, Passion is pretty cool, yes. I like both. But, like, um, first of all, I'm a ridiculously big Shimomura fan, so there's that. But the the character themes in that, I mean, I still remember all of them. I mean, you get Sora, Riku, Kairi, and then in the new game, you have, you know, uh, Ventus' theme, Roxas' theme, and so on. And um, those are definitely uh, very melody-driven. And, I mean, the, the, the degree to which that's evident, I think, is... Very well played in Birth by Sleep because a lot of those characters have relationships with the characters from the previous games, and you can hear that in their character themes. And you know, the, the last boss—I I can't spoil it—but you know, he has a lot of connections to previous you know characters, and every single one of those characters he's connected to shows up in his theme music when you battle him, and that's cool. you can hear it. And th- it, I even wrote in my review it was the first that's thing called, I called the site. That's, that's, that's
4: called Leitmotif. motif. L I E T. When you when you develop character themes and then you use them in the context of something other than that central character, but the point is to remind you of that character's existence as a theme,
0: mm-hmm. that
4: mm-hmm. is okay. motif.
0: Mm-hmm. Now is we have excellent. all learned
1: something today. Yeah, and it is outstanding. I love it when they do that in games. I I raved about it when I talked about um, the Last Ranker soundtrack because they do a great job with that. Um, I just think it's. It's just such an outstanding thing to do, and it brings the whole experience together so much.
4: Yeah, real quick, you know, reuse of a melody is a great way to help it stick with people. I thought it was interesting you brought up Final Fantasy thirteen. You know, FF thirteen does have a lot of um, over the top dramatic stuff. Like I always think of Ragnarok, that big vocal piece from the first disc of the soundtrack. You mean Mm ten
0: or no? Oh, you. Oh, um, for whatever reason, I was I was thinking back to ten. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry.
4: Oh yeah, ten. Yeah, ten doesn't have a lot of repeated themes, does it? It um it has um, at Xanarken. Everyone knows that piano piece. Yeah. Oh, I love
0: that. That that's, that's a good one. I really. That's like probably
4: that. the one that sticks love. with people most. Um it's secondarily is probably the vocal theme Suteki dane, which you know that 's it you know some people don 't like it, and that 's fine. I think the orchestral version used in the end credits is nice no you're you 're right ten ten was a little lacking, I think um having three composers was sort of a and and who they were they did, they didn 't exactly mesh though I do like the soundtrack you 're right there wasn 't a lot of strength there. I wrote an editorial a few years back um that talked about how um the The expansion of technology has made it harder for us to have melody driven music in in video games when you only have three channels on some you know eight bit hardware based synth which we know as chiptunes, tunes um, you there 's not a lot to work with in terms of um auxiliary decoration. you have the melody and a bass line and something else. Mm-hmm. those are your three channels and um that that you know to compensate, you had to come up with really awesome melodies, or else no one was going to care. And you know the early Dragon Quest titles and early Final Fantasy titles, um, the Moon from Ducktales, or the oh, yeah. yeah. You know, oh man, there
0: That's are tons
4: one. there are tons of NES games where you remember the themes and and part of it is because yes it was a it was two minutes of music that you heard looped for an hour at a time that certainly <laughs> helps remember that helps you remember but you know the same is true if you're playing world of Warcraft and that background soundtrack is on and you're in the same zone grinding for two hours and it's that same music playing during the entire grind you might not remember that melody because it was designed to be ambience and yeah it, it, doesn't have a strong melody that's a
0: that's a really good point like the music from uh diablo 2 uh my buddies and i when we would play um D &D together we would use the diablo 2 music for ambient music i can't i literally couldn't hum anything from diablo 2 except for maybe like the rogues encampment just because that's like what you always remember from your beginning playing but that music did a great job of just adding some like a layer of sound to the experience without it being overbearing. It's not like when you hear Metal Man's music in Mega Man 2, and which, overwhelms. W- w- which just overwhelms in such a positive way, or you know Wiley's Stage 1 music, which is, oh, yeah. which That's is like fantastic. That's like the
4: pinnacle right there. Yeah.
0: Right, right. So um,
4: with with all of that out of the way, and I think it's important that, that anyone listening to this podcast, podcast or, or considering the topic... Those are all things you need to keep in the back of your mind whenever you talk about or think about or listen to video game music. Um, I just wanted to ask everyone on here, you know, what's some really good stuff you've been hearing lately and and, and what in your mind makes it good? Um, I'd like to start with Steven because I know, I know there are some things he'd like to talk about.
1: Um, well, lately, uh, I've actually been listening to quite a bit, um, but... I was gonna say maybe we can check with uh, Derek and uh, Dennis and see what they think real quick, so they oh, sure. like, a little word in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let them get in first, and then we'll talk about the stuff that we we've, we've been liking lately.
1: Because I could definitely talk all all freaking day about that. So,
4: all Where's right, Dennis. A... Uh, Dennis, what have you what have you been hearing that in your mind is good music? And I know I know Dennis, you, you go everywhere and listen to everything. So even if it's old, that's fine. Just what have you been listening to recently?
3: Yeah. Well. Recently, thanks to Steven, he got me into listening to Radiant Historia, very And uh, again, third birthday, also Wolfshimmer, more related stuff. That'd and in sure. general, you don't mind me guys just speaking my mind about the video game music in general? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, like what you guys said, I'm just I'm a melody-driven kind of guy. It's like I understand with ambiance, you know, it works with the scenes, since the immersion for the games. But I find that stuff boring, and it's just been, with modern game music being that way, more and more orchestral, like you guys said, just barely anything stands out to me, and nowadays the only composers or bands or whatever that I seem to just look forward to nowadays come from this Falcom Sound Scene, a.k.a. the East guys, and whatever Meguro does, because they've been constantly good, pumping out catchy melodies, and they're quite versatile, things like that. And I understand that ultimately, you know, you're supposed to, you make the music to fit with the game. You know, that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And but, I yeah. And sometimes it works because that's the folk composer's probably first concern, make it work with the game. But what's truly, if it's really good, that you go above and beyond it and just make have an outside influence and make it worth listening to and remember outside the game. Something I call iPad, iPod worthy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, see, and see, I find very little music to be – very little video game music to be iPod-worthy. Like picking up – I own the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack, and that's one of those like giant mistakes that I made because I'm sorry. Every time Bumblebee in or whatever the hell that thing comes into my like CD player, I want to throw something. You mean the song from Final Fantasy VII?
1: boop, 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 boop,
0: boop, 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 boop. boop. Oh, oh that, God! That song is over ten years old, and we remember it. ah oh. it's It has succeeded. Oh yeah, because you're stuck in the Honey Bee Inn for like three hours. Yeah, yeah, looking at like dudes like you know
1: getting their thing on or whatever, and you know, poo, I mean sir, which still makes no sense to me.
3: Uh, and one more thing, like like I said, it's been harder for me to get swayed by more modern soundtracks, but there's still occasional surprises. Mm-hmm. Like like for one instance near.
0: That's yeah
3: Nier. Yeah, sorry, just adjusting the volume. Yeah, what Nier is like okay, it's very Because it sets the tone of the game. There's also a powerful melody substance that just makes me remember, and it just feels very enchanting. That's what's that's what makes it work. And I'm not even a big fan of vocals. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not normally either, and I think Nier was just amazing in that regard. And I, I haven't yeah. played the game and I want to just because of how good the soundtrack is. Yeah, a
4: that's lot how of that in the game. A lot of that is owed to the vocalist. Her name is Emmy Evans, and I think she's been trying to get a break in Japan for a while. She's half Japanese, and and she'd been doing some small game music projects. And uh, they took her in. She was allowed to write the the pseudo lyrics. You know, they used some meetup up languages for a lot of those songs in Nier, And uh, you know, she had a lot of control over what she did with the vocals. And the four versions of Song of the Ancients and. Uh, the song Grandma, great song. Uh, there's just um, and the and the Kine and Emil tracks. Um, My gosh. favorite
3: was Wretched
4: Automations.
3: You know the junk Wretched song.
4: Automatons. I, yeah, I
3: love that song.
4: There's a there's an a cappella version of that on the Arrange album. So if if the industrial techno stuff isn't your thing and you just want to get down to the vocals, that they cut that out and just left the vocals as as a track on the arranged album, which is hilarious. But it sounds oh, Sounds beautiful.
3: Honestly, I kind of like both together. It's like one or yeah, the- I, yeah. I like the techno stuff, so it's fine. Yeah. But it's like um, with one or, without one or the other, it didn't work with me as much. But still good stuff. So, yeah. so I just want to make sure we keep moving, so the the show doesn't go too
0: long. Do we? Maybe uh, without you know, if Dennis, you got anything to add, that's great. But maybe we should move on to Derek. uh yeah, Just to kind of keep just to kind of keep things moving a little yeah. bit.
4: Agreed. That's fine.
0: Um, I friends. agreed for Dennis. Derek. So there's a, um,
2: interestingly, I have something to add on both of those topics, and um, I'll start by talking about Nier since we're already on that. Um, it's a game that I had picked up around the time it came out. I rented it, and I wasn't terribly impressed by it. Um, I only played it up until the part where you go fishing, which everybody knows is terrible the, and oh, not explained at all. I think should it have all. not put it in the game. Yeah, and, and I, I enjoyed the music a lot, and I was hearing people rave about it, and I, I had downloaded the soundtrack. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I had purchased the soundtrack legally with money. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. Well played. And, uh, I <laughs> and so I've been listening the to the that illegally. Le- yeah, I should. And I mean, I did. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> there was. Um, I made a picture it, of it. It's interesting that a game for once. I, I try not to listen to soundtracks before I play the game because I want to associate the music that I'm hearing with the events that I see in the game because I think that it creates more powerful emotion and you, know can, that all too well. you can remember it more vividly when you have those two things together, which is not necessarily always the case, but that's just the way that I like to do it. But for once, um, I had heard so much raving about the soundtrack that I just gave it a try and I found myself liking it so much that I had to get the game and I gave it another shot, despite not really liking it at first. And I recently played through and beat it and I, and I loved it. Um, and the story especially was, was amazing. Um, completely leaps and downs above so many things that came out this generation. But I just think uh, I was so impressed by the fact that the music was powerful enough to make me give the game another try because I wanted to experience that in the context of the game. Um, And so the other thing that I was going to mention was you were talking about sort of uh, melodies versus ambient music. And something that I had been listening to recently is um, I, I had found the Secret of Evermore soundtrack, And I was listening to that, and I I noticed that because Secret of Evermore was like a Western approach or a Western attempt to kind of recreate Secret of Mana. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And Mm -hmm. I was was listening to it, and I just noticed how much of the music was sort of background noise, like crickets chirping and the swamp bubbles popping and that kind of stuff. And then the Secret of Mana soundtrack, on the other hand, is all these melodies that I remember so vividly and distinctly. Um, and that's a a really good example of the difference between sort of like the Western and Eastern aesthetics in music.
4: You know what's interesting about you bringing that up? Do you know who wrote the music for Secret of Evermore?
2: I should. I remember reading about it, but I don't remember. He's
4: a pretty important guy. His name is Jeremy Soule, and he's also worked on Morrowind and Oblivion and all sorts of Western RPGs. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
4: he did. It It was his first game soundtrack, and he got the deal with Square. We actually have an interview with him on the site I think it's about a year old and we discussed good, Secret yeah. of Evermore and and I I begged him to to try and find a way to reprint the soundtrack and basically it's one of these things where Square said well we'll do it if you let us sell it and uh, you get a you know a little bit of royalties and he says well if we reprint it I want to reprint it on my label and that's never going to happen so we're never going to get a reprint of that soundtrack but um shame y- you know S- Soul did um, the the main theme to Morrowind is actually is quite memorable. Iconic. Yeah, you, you oh. don't forget that. So he he is capable of it. Um, also, bringing up Secret of Mana um, in a week, I will be meeting Hiroki Kikuta, um, who wrote really? the Secret of Mana soundtrack. I've been listening to like his entire body of work before I go to meet with him. I'm doing an interview with him for another website. Um, but that is I'm taking, awesome. I'm taking the Secret of Mana soundtrack with me for him to sign it. Oh, and, cool! Uh, <laughs> it's in D.C., know, right? Yeah, yeah, Magfest in uh, in Washington D.C. And he, um, you know, he did that and he did the Japanese-only sequel. Um, he he disappeared from the game music scene for years and years, and he's starting to come back slowly. The biggest project he's done in a while is it's coming out in Japan soon. It's called Shining Hearts, part of the uh let's ruin Sega's uh franchises series. Woo-hoo. Um I'm praying that Shining big Hearts big. will actually be good, but even if it isn't the, the the music samples that you can hear on the website, it's clear that Kikuta is back and it's more of you know his style there he definitely has a signature style. Um you know lots of xylophone and Marimba and and more ethnic style music. One of his best soundtracks is a PlayStation one soundtrack for a game called Sokagi. And if you ever get to hear that, that's I mean it's just brilliant. Um the soundtrack
1: it, from Seiken and Setsu three was amazing too. It it had that was another game with great character themes. Yeah,
4: hmm. yeah, that's a game that's a game that desperately needs to come to America somehow, some way. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, like, it's just ahead. it's it's just secret of mana but but larger oh, and better, you know. And
1: multiplayer.
4: It <laughs> well, no. Secret of mana the first secret of mana was three player.
1: Oh yeah, I, I've never actually played the first Secret of Man. I've only played the sequel. You young buck. Uh, of, I, I could have played
2: it. I just didn't.
4: Any um. Anyway, um. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Derek?
2: Nope, that's all. I just wanted to bring up those two. So, cool. so, so all
4: right, so, Steven. I, oh. Or Rob, 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 Rob. Oh, was, well, I'll bring up the rear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You and
4: you and that girl from Harvest Moon. But I was
1: gonna say that brings me back to the Harvest Moon girl. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Steven. All right. Um, Well, lately I've been listening to uh, the third birthday soundtrack because I'm in the process of reviewing it. Um, And also uh, a super, super, super late soundtrack, uh, the European Kingdom Hearts soundtrack, which is, for all intents and purposes, the same, short of a few tracks. Um, And for the third birthday, um, they had three composers do it. Uh, Shimomura comes back basically to cover a few of her old themes from the previous games. Um, They get Tsuyoshi Sekito. Who does a lot of uh, remix work for Square en- Enix? Um, he did a, a couple of tracks in *Dissidia*. Um, he did a few tracks in, I believe, *Crisis Core*. Um, and then S- uh, they Suzuki
4: have... did work on FF13.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Mitsudo Suzuki did uh, FF13, and you can definitely tell. Uh, there's a lot of similarities, I think, between parts of 13 soundtrack, Final Fantasy 13, and the Third Birthday. Uh, my only problem. I have with the third birthday soundtrack is I think that in the beginning, it's great. It, it, it sets off such a great first impression. And it, uh, you know, you get remixes of the old themes from Parasite Eve, you get uh really great ambiance, but then for the next 50 tracks, you get really well-produced ambiance with no melody and nothing to hold it together. And I just, after a while for me, every track started to sound the same they all sound good, and I think it I think it's interesting that we were talking about um ambiance versus you know melody driven music because I think the third birthday is kind of a in a weird middle ground because there are melodies, but there most of them are melodies that are from you know a, a like a fifteen year old game right. Um, right right yeah
4: a lot of it, it yeah what holds what holds the soundtrack together is definitely you know primal eyes and um various the theme of a, uh... Yeah, theme yeah. theme of Ayah Bray. I mean, those the those are those are the key songs, and they if they ever make any more games in the Parasite Eve franchise, those will continue to be the key songs. They will. I don't think they'll ever make another strong melodic theme that will top those or that anyone would care about. Yes, it's mm-hmm. it's very telling that the only other very melodic track is that
1: that weird track where some old guys sing joy to the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what though that's actually if you listen to it at first it's strange but it's actually kind of endearing it's sort of a charming I, song like
4: oh i like it i like it
1: like i actually i i listened to it i go this is actually isn't that bad i would listen to this during christmas um but i don't want to i don't want to give a bad impression of the soundtrack it's a very good soundtrack i just think that it gets a little bit same-y what it does make me want really badly is a game where Mitsudo Suzuki does everything himself and he doesn't have to sort of, you know, pick up after someone else's character themes where he can, you know, set his own stuff, because I think that would be great. Cause I mean, you had a lot of really good stuff from him in Final Fantasy 13. Um, and you had said, I think he did most of the actual performances in 13 and no, what he, what he did in, them?
4: what he did in 13 was um, synth operation and, and arrangement so the composition is all Masashi Hamousu, but mm. um, Ryo Yamazaki and Mitsuto Suzuki help. Uh, the words I would use is they provided the soundscape. Um, oh. Hamousu doesn't know a lot about electronic music. Um, he's much more a piano and strings kind of guy, you know? And so yeah. they, they needed a lot of electronic stuff for the setting, and
1: Suzuki provided very well. He definitely is more than capable of doing that, which is why I would love to see him do, like, like some sort of, like, sci-fi RPG. I mean, he'd be absolutely perfect for it, like, totally on his own, not having to work off somebody else, any, anyone else. Um, while I'm on the subject of electronic soundtracks, I'm also... Another kind of middle ground game is Mass Effect 2. We didn't cover the soundtrack, I think, because it was uh, download-only. But that game has an outstanding soundtrack. Um... We, there's a really great interview with the composers on uh, ocremix.org. And um, basically they have character themes that are very long and they're worked into the character And so that gives it a sense of cohesion. But you have that leitmotif. Um, the Mass Effect 2 theme, I firmly believe in the future, is going to be like as iconic as the Metal Gear theme.
0: Uh, but, the Metal no, Gear. no, no, no. Because the Mass no, Effect 2 theme, no. that, that
1: song starts up and is just – I mean no. that song hits you, and like the, no.
0: the the suicide mission theme. Oh no, yes, yes. No, no. I'm sorry, dude. the 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 trailer. Came... No, the trailer for Metal Gear Solid Three. When that kicks into the Metal Gear like theme, and he's like coming out of the out of the out of the forest in the swamp, and okay, you know the okay, fires burning right. behind him, and the choir. When that choir kicks in, like that still sends a shiver down my spine or during Still.
1: Metal Gear Saga the track Metal Gear Saga and Metal Gear 4 is absolutely amazing.
0: No, see I was I was ticked off that uh that Konami backed out because there was all that controversy over whether or not the score, the Metal Gear theme was stolen by that uh, Russian composer because they do sound remarkably alike. And so rather than sit there and create more of the controversy, they only used the theme at one point in the whole game. And it was like the other getting back coming full circle. It was like the other two Pirates movies where they never played the complete Pirates theme. And I felt like something was missing you know like it it would literally be like without it, like watching episode episode uh 5 and 6 you know empire and return of the jedi without the main star wars theme you know like it it just it feels wrong And I think that for them to not use it in Metal Gear Solid 4 and for them to not use the Pirates theme in the other two Pirates theme songs, like they use everything except the the chorus that everybody knows, except for the melody that everybody uses. They use all the stuff around it, but they never use that melody until the credits, and that's horrible.
1: I'm not a fan of that, no, but I think the fact – it was in that one track, and that was the best track in the game.
0: Uh, I think I the mean, re- I think the reuse of the song uh, "Here's to You" was the best part of that that whole soundtrack.
1: Well, we can establish one thing then: the Metal Gear series has great music.
0: Yes, it does. Yes, I, I just it's, I, it's I disagree. Perfect. I don't find the Mass Effect uh, soundtrack to be very memorable. I, I I like the action music, but I think everything else, like. The, I find the music to be borderline obnoxious, actually. Like, it, you know, when you're on the, when like the freaking elevator music when you're on the ship, you know, the bump, 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 bump. like that just, I hate I that music. The, like the galaxy,
1: the galaxy map theme for the world map, the the theme song during the end missions. I just think those are incredibly memorable songs. I mean, they got you juiced, and I, I remember those, I remember the melody of those
0: songs really well. I, I think that the battle music, you know, the da 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 like I think that's a good theme, and that's like the one that really kept me going. But uh, the rest of the Mass Effect music I found fairly unmemorable. But you know, maybe I'm just being harsh. You know,
1: I, I will give it that. I think parts of the track, the the album, weren't exactly memorable. But the character themes, and I think the the book ending themes, the introduction, and the the entire end sequence music was outstanding.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: I don't want to take up too much time, but I also want to say. I came into the Radiant Historia soundtrack. Uh, it's fully Yoko which, again, I'm a giant fan of her. I would gush about that if I could review it, but somebody already did, though they gushed about it, so it's okay. I think it's an outstanding soundtrack, and Shimamura calls on her various styles, and it comes out awesome. So if anybody's interested in great music, they need to hit Radiant Historia.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I've been playing so many Western RPGs lately, and I think that Western RPGs usually use ambient music uh, more than melody-driven, theme-driven music. Uh, some some games definitely do. Uh, I think Mass Effect is an example of one. But I, I really couldn't hum any tune from The Witcher. I could hum maybe a couple battle themes from Dragon Age because they play the same battle like they have the same four or five tracks in terms of battle music. So for the Western RPGs, the the soundtracks that really stand out to me are the uh, soundtracks to Persona 3 and Persona 4. I still think the battle theme in Persona 4 is... I, I understand why a lot of people find it to be obnoxious, but that is the best battle theme that I I've heard. I love Mass oh Destruction. God, that battle
1: awesome. theme is amazing. That, mass Destruction is incredible.
0: Uh, are we are we talking 4 or 3? I'm talking uh, 4. Uh, I, I like 4s, to too. Truth. Yeah, I, I like 4s more. I, I forget what it's called exactly, reach I'm sure. Reach out to the truth. Yeah, reach out to the truth. I, I think four's battle theme is the best in the past decade for me it just it it really gets me into the moment of the battle i love to hear that tune i think the boss music is great um yes
1: for as much shoji, go ahead go ahead uh, shoji megura is a complete just beast i yeah. love him he's incredible he has yeah. such a command of so many different styles and oh it's beautiful every time he does one he kicks its ass
0: yeah the the girl I was dating at the time she really liked the 8-bit music uh, in the in the dungeon that was kind of modeled after Dragon Quest she really liked that music uh, and then even though I hate Final Fantasy 13 like absolutely despise it I really like the battle theme in Final Fantasy Thirteen, I think it takes a little too long to get started, like to, to reach where the strings actually come in and, and everybody knows that iconic string tune. But I, I think that that's a great theme song and I really do like it. But uh, in terms of overall video game soundtracks, I have to go outside of the RPG realm for the stuff that I really like. Obviously, I think the the single greatest video game soundtrack of all time is Shadow of the Colossus. Like that that music is and absolutely stunning.
4: Amazing. Good for you. That's a good choice.
0: <laughs> that I, I own cool. it. I own it, and I listened to it all the way to college. One time, like I literally played the CD about
3: four times, and I just. By the way, guys, guys, just to make you t- jealous, Rob. I went to a video games live recently in Jersey. They played the main theme of Shadow of the Colossus live. Well, I YouTubed that So is that the, that's, that's – uh, <laughs> I heard it Ko, in person.
1: Ko Otani does that? The yeah. yeah, the yeah, yeah does. Whatever?
4: I've interviewed you... Ko Otani.
0: Oh, my god. You so music. so That music is just so – like it i don't know what it is but it just hits me and it's haunting i especially love the the 15th colossus music cuz it's only used for the 15th colossus i know exactly which one you're talking oh, yeah. about yeah the final battle one yeah the final battle one too those are just purely haunting like yeah. that that they s- literally scare the crap out of me the only stuff that i the only thing i don't like about that soundtrack is that it the the actual music on the score is very short. Like they're only using like two minutes versions, whereas with most video game soundtracks, they'll loop you get it. the loop. Yeah, the, and I like the loop because that it gives you more of the music. You're not sitting there having to like restart it all the time. Uh yeah. so so that's my favorite like orchestral in your face soundtrack. The best ambient soundtrack I have ever heard in a video game is Red Dead Redemption. That music yes. that it, it's it, you're, you're sitting there going like, Well, how are they gonna make it sound like a Western? You know, when when we're looking at the previews and everybody was sitting there going, you know, is it gonna sound like a western, you know, just like blah and like have these horrible sounds <laughs> and be and just be really, you know, just crass? And they handled it with such grace. That it stands out and it makes you feel like a cowboy. You feel the loneliness. You feel the difference between when you're in America and when you're in Mexico. Without it sounding, you know, like the Three Amigos soundtrack when you get into Mexico. You know, it everything is just handled with care, and I, I think. I missed the part where you get into Mexico and you jump on your horse because I jumped off my horse, so I got to miss the vocal track, but I went back and replayed the game just to experience that. That's the best use of ambient music I've ever heard in a video game. It just – it sticks with you, but it never overpowers the situation. But it, it adds to that feeling of isolation as you're roaming through the prairie. So even though it's not an RPG, the Red Dead Redemption soundtrack is amazing. And Shadow of the Colossus, hand down, hands down my favorite, except for maybe uh, Dr. Wily's theme in Mega Man 2. That's,
3: heard it live also.
0: That, that's a- Awesome.
1: Honestly, who wasn't playing a Shadow of the Colossus for the first time? And you climb to the top of the first Colossus, and the first time you stab it and it starts playing the open way, everybody fell in love with the game right there.
0: I, I also like when the uh, second Colossus comes crashing through the wall and the music plays that played in, like, the first trailer. That, yes. That – oh, god. Whew. I know what I'm listening to later on tonight. Okay. <laughs> uh, got all worked up. Uh, oh, ooh, got me, Got me all frisky over here. What? Uh, okay. So – Without further ado, Derek, let's do a quick news section. Let's see if you can get done all the news in five minutes.
2: Yeah. If you fail, you'll be shot. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, I'm going to make it pretty brief this time. Um, the headline article that I wanted to mention was uh, we had it featured on the site. It was about the upcoming release of Chantelise. It's the new game from Carpe Folger. Um, it was also developed by Easy Game Station. It's the same company that made Reciteer, which was the it's other the game. It's the new out. old game. Right, the new old game. Uh,
0: they also <laughs> am translated I now be a, Am I now going to be a guy that sells skills rather than items?
4: No, it's, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a shop sim. It's an action RPG similar to Threads of Fate.
3: Yep. And really? the reason
2: they were able to do it is because uh, Reciteer was such a success, um, mostly because of Steam sales from what I read. <coughs> uh, BioWare. <coughs> Sure, they didn't make as much as they could have and they were uh Andrew Dice seemed particularly kinda disappointed about it. Um but he said he was still really happy with the success. So since they, they ended up selling over a hundred thousand copies, which is incredible for such a small release, um, by a first you know, a company's first project. Um but they, they did a good job, and uh, so hopefully they're going to be able to release up to three or four games this year, yeah. uh, the first of which is going to be Chantelise, which is the action RPG.
0: Yeah. Hear that, Bioware? Steam is good for your sales. Don't yeah. kick it in the nuts. Can I throw also- in a quick
4: comment? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, Chantalise is, is is older than Reciteer in terms of its original development in Japan, and, and you know, I'm really happy for Carpe Fulgur, but the only thing I can't help but wondering is... Um, the, that company, Easy Game Station, I believe they've made two games since Reciteer, and instead of going forward with them, they're going backwards. So when they say they're going to release four in next year, I'm I'm assuming the other two Easy Game Station games are coming, but I, I don't know that, and I'm and I'm just sort of surprised they didn't go after the newer stuff because I've heard the newer stuff is really good. we'll see who it. Well, we can knows.
2: hope. You know, maybe they're going to start with the older stuff and move to the new. Yeah, I mean, that
4: makes sense. That makes, you know, chronological order and
1: all that. You must buy Chantalise so that way they have the money to do it. Keep going, Derek!
2: So next up, um, lots of PlayStation Network releases of PS1 titles, which is really exciting. Um, a lot of classic uh, Square Enix, Squaresoft titles are coming. Up, many of which people have been waiting for for a long time.
0: Okay, let's get uh, let's get reaction. Let's get like one word reaction or one sentence reaction from everyone on these games. All right. Well, um, not a
2: Square Enix title, but one that just came out was Art the Lab Three on PSN, nice. Yawn. which is good. They completed the trilogy finally. The trilogy's I,
4: over, yay!
2: Yeah, I was lucky I like enough to thing. find the uh, complete box a little while ago, so I didn't bite those, but I probably should just to support them. Anyhow, okay, so Square Enix releases. First of all, Dreads of Fate. Yay! Yawn. Yawn. I think that's a good one. I like Yawn. the main theme to that game, too. Yawn. Speaking of soundtrack. Is it good enough to
0: play? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's really good. Uh, then Vagrant Story. Woohoo! Yay! Ah, Yay. The, game, the game that is actually Calculus. Excellent. <laughs> I am really disappointed that I didn't play that one more when it came out, they, so I'm they, looking forward to it. Did they cut out all the uh, obnoxious block-pushing puzzles in that game? No, it, it,
4: it's a straight port.
0: Oh, okay. a port yeah. I, I, I remember I read one review of Vagrant Story back in the day that said that Vagrant Story is like an absolutely amazing 8-9 to nine hour game that was stretched to 20 hours, and I agree with that. Like that. That game has a lot of padding that was unnecessary, but it is an awesome game.
2: Yep. So the next one after that is a personal favorite of mine. Pretty controversial, but Legend of Mana I really enjoyed.
3: Whoa. So that'll be
2: coming out soon. It's the
4: only one I haven't played among these Square releases, and I can't wait to play it. It's a yeah, fun it's game,
2: but it has great, an amazing soundtrack. soundtrack, is soundtrack. Good. Yeah, soundtrack great soundtrack, is good. and it's gorgeous. And yeah, then, the art uh, looks beautiful, yeah. It the is. The art yeah.
1: is outstanding.
2: I'm that big no, in the game. The final Square Enix title coming, the one that everybody's been waiting for, Xenogears. Are finally. They,
0: are oh. they going to finish it? No. It's a port. No, no, no. I'm talking about the second disc. Are they going to finish it? Of course not. Oh.
2: <laughs> God. But, but Xenogears is finally coming, so nobody has to pay $100,000 on eBay. No exaggeration. That's how much I paid. Not really. You <laughs> yeah,
3: I lost my copy of Xenogears.
0: I, still I have, have a copy wrapped in shrink wrap. Wow. I, Send it to me. I nailed mine to a cross next to a
3: fuzzy.
4: That makes sense. That's, yeah. that's intentionally <laughs> ironic.
1: Yep. Can I can I ask a quick question? When the hell is Chrono Cross coming out on the PlayStation Network? Because it's I shouldn't it's interesting they when? didn't put it. Put it out now
4: because they could have completed the Summer of Adventure.
0: I know. Everyone right? remember
4: summer two thousand, the Summer of Adventure campaign was led to I the man that of the fate Chrono Cross. And then
0: November was uh Final Fantasy IX, one of my personal favorites. Yep. And Solid. the
4: February before that was Vagrant Story,
1: so
0: Yeah. I, well, I,
1: I they
0: don't to lead into what Pat is
1: about to say, hopefully, they've still not made the Chrono Cross arrange album. So instead we are getting Pat. Yeah
4: a related news item to that to the Xenogears coming out in America on PSN in in what seems like a completely random move and no one knows what if there is an ulterior motive or not um, like 13 years after the game comes out there's an orchestral arrange album coming out for Xenogears just totally random Mitsuda is doing it with the cooperation of Square Enix it's uh, coming out I think end of February should be coming to iTunes as well so you can really? get it digitally, you don't have to import the CD. Um it's gonna have like fifteen or sixteen tracks on it. A couple of them are piano solo, but most of it is full orchestra. Um I really love the old rearranged album. It's this Celtic style one called Creed. Oh it's amazing. It's it's one of my favorite albums of all time. So I don't know if this orchestra album will top it, but the mere fact that you know is getting more attention has led to a lot of speculation no. of, of remakes or no. continuation of the series. Never going to happen.
1: Knows? Never going to happen. Suck he, here's no. what's going to happen. Nope. Tetsuya Nomura is going to redesign Deus, and he's going to add some zippers. He's going to add oh. 15 different sides of his heart.
0: Uh. <laughs> and then the fans are going to eat it up. No, no, I don't think we're ever going we to... I don't s- think Nomura's
4: allowed to touch Xenogears. It's,
0: <laughs> that's just not okay. I'm surprised Nomura hasn't been ordered to sit in a corner after the Final Fantasy debacles lately. If, if Versus thirteen turns into a disaster, he's going to get a window seat. Yeah, but then he started printing money with Kingdom Hearts. So. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. That's true. But <laughs> okay. no, I, I really don't expect to see the Xenogear, uh, anything Xeno, continue. Uh, with Xeno Saga being such an... Unmitigated disaster, and even Xenogears. I mean, it's a half-finished game. It's it's an amazing first disc with a second disc of just like the freaking cliff notes.
1: I was so bored of the of the gameplay. I was actually glad of the second disc. I was like, just give me the story and the music. I'm so tired of this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, the game does kind of pour it on. Oh, and I also love you know endless sewers where everything looks exactly the same.
3: Uh, mind if I say something, guys? Sure. Uh, th- oh, this is do. my Xenogar story. It's like I managed to eventually finish it, but I don't know how, because in some time in the first half, back when I wasn't getting into sci-fi and stuff, I fell asleep on one of the, cu- the se- long cutscenes in, be- in the beginning of the game, yet yeah, I somehow made progress. I must have subconsciously pressed X in my sleep.
0: That's the, You know what? It's funny that you say that, because the same thing happened to me with Final Fantasy thirteen. You pressed X to Jason. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, kept, I, I, I hey, just, I got to the next part. I just kept playing, I just kept pressing auto battle and it just worked. All right, what else? Anyhow, you
2: got? Derek, moving on. Um, two going? more PSN releases, um, The Harvest Moon, Back to Nature, oh. and Sayuki Journey West. Um, the latter of which was a really interesting uh, title that came out of nowhere for me. Something that I wouldn't have expected to be oh, localized. To. It was a, it was a tactical, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics style um, strategy RPG uh, based on the, the Chinese novel. Uh, which was later, you know, they made uh, an dragon, anime based dragon, that as well. Rock, dragon, dragon, ball,
0: Z. What? Yeah, that's um, old school. That yeah, take wrong. that, any of my students who listen to yeah, this. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, next thing I wanted to touch upon since we're starting to run short on time, um, we did do a feature. Uh, we called it Further Exploration on the site. We were talking about dream sequels to games that we were hoping to see and not necessarily uh, direct sequels like Final Fantasy X-2 kind of things. But just RPGs that we thought deserved to be revisited in some way. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go uh, head to this main site. It should be featured on the right side right now by the time the podcast goes up. Um, after that, uh, Torchlight guy's is in- heading to Xbox Live Arcade.
0: As an exclusive.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people really enjoyed that last year. I myself have not played too much of it, but I think it's awesome that it's going to get some more exposure. Um uh, so that's going to be on Xbox Live Arcade sometime this—I might have said next year, but at this point, this year, 2011, um, with a revamped control scheme. And I don't know if they're going to add anything more.
0: Well, that'll that'll keep you busy until Diablo 3 comes out.
2: Yep. And the final thing that I wanted to mention today was uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim was announced a little while ago, and Rob was uh, expressing his
0: excitement at the battle system changes you mean the fact that I'm still going to be jumping up and down like a bunny rabbit in the forest in order to make my agility score higher? You're Dang. just
1: mad because you do that in real life, and you don't want to do it in a game,
0: too. That's yep. true. That's true. I do prance wherever I go.
1: For the people that don't actually know, they basically announced that they're going to be, to some extent, getting rid of the level scaling.
0: Which um, is good. It, it, That's it good. will be
1: more like it is in Fallout, where they sort of scale with you, but not to the extent where you, know, you can get killed by like a bunny rabbit at the end of the game when you're you know, firing meteors at people. And they've said that the leveling system is no longer going to pinhole you into a class. You'll now basically you'll level up what you use, and that
0: will define you as a class. Yeah, and see, I I'm telling you that that to me just screams like running through the forest, jumping up and down, and then I, I don't know. I just the two biggest complaints lodged at the at Oblivion, and it seems like they're they're kind of fixing one, which is good, and then the other one they're kind of like, eh, that's that's Elder Scrolls, deal with it. You know? I mean, am I being too I harsh?
1: Think, I think they'll take into consideration that, you know, raising agility requires you to run in circles and jump and swim. I think they'll they'll probably come up with some sort of, like, alternative system of actions or some kind of a special attack you can do or, you know, you fight with an agility-based weapon or something, you know?
0: I mean, the game looks gorgeous. I mean, those screenshots look really, really good. I just...
1: There's I the screenshots? What?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, those Game Informer scans are out there. They're easy to find. Yeah, that's just what I was going to say. Game Informer. Yeah, uh,
2: find them on the UGAF or maybe we'll post them up on the site. Anyhow, um, that's the end of the news that I've got for this week. So uh, look forward All to All right.
0: You know? All right. Well, I guess we're done. So, uh, again, as Derek was saying, be sure to check out the further exploration thread. A lot of hard work went into that. Uh, we got a lot of great articles, a lot of things that we maybe want to see at some point. Uh, we should have our Game of the Year stuff up pretty soon right pat january
4: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i actually did (laughs) i actually did some of the write-ups while we were recording this podcast i'm hoping um you know, in a couple couple of days, maybe a little bit after this podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I feel bad because I didn't really contribute too much to that, but I just noticed that everything kind of derailed into, like, absolute yelling and screaming at each other. So I was just like, yeah, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm we out. what do best. That's yeah. what I do best. Well, the problem is that I can yell and scream louder than anyone else, and I I just choose not to. So. Ironic. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, only on the podcast. Only on the podcast. So uh, we'll have that up uh, for you guys to read. Should be coming back with the regular crew. Uh, We've got lots of games to talk about. There will be Ghost Trick to talk about in the near future. Uh, hopefully I'll finish The Witcher at some point. Steven will play something with Kingdom Hearts, some sort of fan fiction involving Mickey making out with a real person. I don't know. Um, and then Quiet, I, you. You know it's true, man. You know it's true. I only speak the truth. Yeah, but it'll have great gameplay. Really? Really? We're going to sit here and say that Kingdom Hearts is great gameplay as I press X to just kill things? You haven't played Birth by Sleep. Oh, that I, I love this argument, you know? Whatever. What or else? Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, no, I played all the way through Kingdom Hearts 2, twice. Sure you did. I did. I didn't see it. Okay, I can get visual confirmation. That sounds
4: odd. Um Let's not do this.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to the show. For Derek, for Steven, for Patrick, and for Dennis, uh, thanks again, and we'll see you all eventually.